Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. Dave and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality and, of course, sexual pleasure. And we are so excited to bring you a new series of episodes dedicated to sexual wellness and healthy aging. We love diving deep into the details, asking the most important questions that we all want to know about. And we understand the importance of credible information. So on this new sexual wellness series, which airs on the last Friday of each month, we're going to be getting together with experts and specialist doctors in person to bring you the answers directly and let them bust a couple of myths while we're at it. And as always, we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. We sure do. So, are you still mystified about the incredibly versatile vagina? Are you open to discovering more about how the female pleasure center works? Well, on today's show, we're going to find out about everything to do with the vulva and the vagina, from anatomy and function to aging and pleasure perspectives. All right, as we do on every show, let's take a minute to talk about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. And let's not forget to mention the, that October was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we just launched a brand new color of our Top Waterproof Blanket. It's pink on one side and blue on the other. These are the same colors as the pink ribbon of, for breast cancer and the blue ribbon f- that supports prostate cancer. Our mission with this new blanket is to support survivors in their journey to returning to normal sex life again. We will donate $5 per blanket sold to a charity that helps cancer survivors get back in the sack. So go to our website at topwaterproofblanket.com to find out how you can help with our mission and go Go to Amazon today and buy your pink or blue blanket. And thanks for your support. All righty, let's get on with the show. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we're so excited to welcome back today's guest. Dr. Gabrielle Landry from Elna Sexual Wellness Center is my doctor for hormone replacement therapy, as we know from our last episode. But also, Dr. Landry trained in Paris in vulvovaginal dermatology, which we're going to be talking about today. And with this new series on sexual wellness, Dr. Landry's going to keep us informed about everything we need to know about Female Pleasure Center, especially when it comes to the aging process and what we can do to keep a vibrant sex life as we age. That's what we've been doing. We have been trying. Absolutely. Okay, Dr. Landry, welcome back to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy day for being here today. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to see you guys. Yes, we (laughs) had so much fun last time. We're really looking forward to this. 
new topic this week, and uh, why don't we tell us a little bit about um, why you decided to train in Paris, and what is vulvovaginal dermatology? I just want to say, I'm glad you're saying that know, word, right? and not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, especially for me, a French-Canadian. Um, well, I, I, I kind of did this in externship when I was in uh, residency, so I was just a student at that point, and I was really interested into those, like, sexual health. I knew I wanted to go in a sexual health clinic at some point, but I had, um, like, my mentor who really was into vulvovaginal diseases, so I, I made it great, <laughs> and the words come okay. Um, and he told me, okay, I have a, a master in dermatologist in Paris. She's okay to welcome you at her home so i really spent a month with her i was living like i was her, uh, her kid literally yeah. so it was amazing and uh, she was a great teacher so it really gave me the love about the vulva and at this point i just went to clinic a which was like um, a part of clinic l'actuel in montreal we really treat a lot of stds and i was doing mostly uh, vulvovaginal problem uh, lichen sclerosis and a lot of problem with women um, so that's what kind of made me into like the woman's health world as to vulvovaginal problems at first and after I went into hormones and transgender and like all different stuff that what I start really started from the all started from the vulva Very <laughs> so cool. vulvovaginal dermatology then is about the skin inside and around the vulva and yeah. in the vagina that that's what it's really about I would say it's true that we kind of see it more like gynecologists more like into the vagina like they treat like atrophy things like that dermatologists like really specialize in the vulva really gonna look at the skin around like the labias the introitus <laughs> very like everything that's more in the interior because they're not gonna sort of use a speculum to really go inside okay. uh, but they can definitely so i've i've seen my dermatologist prescribe cream that go inside also but it's really their, their specialty to really look at the vulva and kind of make diagnostic Okay, very cool. I look yeah. at the vulva all the time. You do, Dave, yes, but with a different point of view. Different point of view. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to start off with a little bit of an anatomy about, I mean, we don't have a chart or a picture in front of us, but with your description, just about the different parts of the vulva and the, vag uh, the vagina, but also what we see on the outside versus what we don't see on the inside. Mm-hmm. So you want to me name, name all the parts? Yeah, just it's very like complex. On the well, not all the parts, but the ge general ones. No, I mean, ones. so there's the old vagina. It comes out as the entreatus. Mm -hmm. So the entry is something that sometimes we forget because I see a lot of disease around this big labia, small labias, but sometimes the entry it's like a forgotten area where we really need to treat the vulva, especially in terms of atrophy. So there's the entry, the small labias that are usually smaller but can be from zero centimeters, almost no small labias to like big and kind of 10, 12 centimeters, mm -hmm. which is kind of all normal, mm -hmm. but it's the diversity of our, of our vulvas. Yes. And the big labias are a little bit exterior to that. So it's more like keratinized skin, uh, which more like there to protect our small labias. So and is one labias. of them more sensitive or pleasurable than the other? So it's all about, I would, I would say because the clitoris it's a big, it's really bigger than we think. Right. So clitoris kind of run down to the big and small labias and go like ends to the end of the entry of the vagina kind of. So it's all, I would say it's all pleasurable mm -hmm. at some point because it's very similar in terms of location. And, so and do some women um, not like their labia and maybe have some of it snipped off every once in a while? Yeah, so... Who would do that? 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to talk about nobody here. <laughs> um, but definitely, yes, I've seen more and more. So I've seen it at the beginnings of my practice, so in like 10, 11 years ago. But it's coming more and more like in our, in our offices to check like, oh, is my vagina normal? Is my vulva normal? Should I do something about it? Um, so our point of view as, as usually practitioner is more like if it doesn't cause you discomfort and problems, you know, it's normal. You so know, hun, normal. why did you have your labiaplasty? Uh, well, <laughs> you just outed me now. <laughs> well, when we first started the lifestyle, like 15, 16 years ago, however long it was, uh, and I started going everywhere naked, I was always tucking in my inner labia because they were very long and hanging quite far below my outer labia. And I was very self-conscious of it, so I was constantly like fixing them and pushing them in, and it, it bothered me. So one of the girls that I had met on the beach, she said, well, I got mine trimmed. I went, oh, you can do that? She said, well, yeah, look. And I said, oh, I think I'm going to go talk to my plastic surgeon. So when I got home, literally the first day home, I said, hey, do you do that kind of surgery? He said, yeah course we can do that and of course he said like can you show me what you think and and what size you would like it to be and anyway so that was kind of how it happened I didn't research it at all it wasn't painful going, was it before going there and it was so painful oh yeah so crazy painful for a long time oh anyways God. we don't have to go into those details but I'm very happy with the result just so you know mm. it was for my own personal preference and I'm not down anybody who has big labia i'm just saying it's not what i wanted for me and i was able to make those choices so i still felt empowered to be mm -hmm. comfortable on the beach it's like having breast implants at some yes. point you know yes. you have to love yourself as natural but if you don't love yourself and you need that yeah. for your con own confidence it's yeah. really important you know one day we're going to do a whole show about cosmetic surgery <laughs> yeah, and we'll we talk should. about <laughs> breast implants and facelifts well, and all that well, who, stuff. who would be doing all those who things <laughs> Dr. Dr. Schwartz. <laughs> okay. So that was great that we sort of went over the general parts. On the outside. Of, yeah. And the outside. And on the inside, you you, you mentioned it was the vagina. Yeah, the cervix. Yes. You can okay. get into it. So definitely when some women, you know, they have deep pain when they have intercourse because sometimes the penis go directly on the cervix and that can can cause a contraction of the mm -hmm. uterus so that can cause kind of a cramp and oh. sometimes it's interesting to because when a woman comes to see me and they talk about like pain during intercourse you really have to know is it superficial is it at the entry is it more down deep so it's called deep uh, dyspareunia or superficial dyspareunia okay. so that can be a different so thing. how does that work with men who have very large penises and not to hurt the cervix yeah the large is, doesn't matter. Large is good. The long. The <laughs> long is... Mm -hmm. Well, it depends. Because usually when the penis goes in the vagina, it doesn't necessarily go right on the cervix. Because there's... We call it the cul-de-sac. Yeah. Cul-de-sac vaginal, where yeah. actually the penis goes like right and left and right. So that doesn't cause pain. Because so the cervix is up a little bit. More on... A little depending bit Depending on, on, the, on, on the orientation of your uterus. Okay. can be a little bit up, a little bit down. But definitely... You, you just need to position yourself. Oh, okay. Do different positions. Sometimes, you know, there's different positions that you really feel, oh my God, it's kind of painful down oh. there. And oh. That's oh. why you see all yeah. those guys with large penises doing doggy. Well, so maybe that's the angle. That's the better angle for the girl. And Depending on how your uterus. If right. you have a uterus in a certain way like mine, it's painful. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. there you yeah. go. See, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. little personal information. <laughs> Dr. There we go. So now we don't always talk about pubic hair because that's something that, you know, we don't see very much we of don't. We don't in the we lifestyle. Don't, we're, we're naked all the time on the beach and we don't see very much pubic hair. But what is the deal today? Is it the right thing to shave? Is it okay to be natural? What are you telling your clients? 
clients these days? Well, I would say um, depending if it doesn't bother you. So same things when you shave and when the ha there's a hair in ground and then it causes a lot of like pebbles and discomfort and then when the hair grows back and then it causes a lot of itchiness. Sometimes I suggest to those patients that sometimes um, African-American have more like those kind of in-grounds yeah. and sometimes I say just you can try to go for laser, electrolysis depending on, on the type of laser and the skin type. Um, so definitely it's really a question of like preferences at this point. I don't really, so it's not mandatory, mm -hmm. so hair is good, hair is there for a reason, it's protective from many things, from bacteria, from humidity. So it's, it can be a great thing for some patients, but if they don't like it just uh, aesthetically, they can just remove it. Mm -hmm. And it's really, if you shave and it doesn't bother you when it grows back and it doesn't itch. Is it like better to stink. wax perhaps and really pull the root out? Um, yeah, because it, it's gonna make the, 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 um, the hair is less strong when it yeah. goes again, yeah. but it's more painful oh, really to do. Is, yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know, it's really up Carol and I did laser together we did couples laser yeah. i was on the table and she was moving my private parts while the technician zapped me <laughs> it was fun I you know the part. little paper you put on the table by the time we were done yeah, it was yeah. gone it was wet it was and wet soaking. Gone. yeah it's very painful <laughs> yeah but, but it was worth done. it it was yeah worth then it. it's done it also yeah exactly all right so let's talk a little bit about the labia now you mentioned a little bit about the function of the labia especially the outer one is for protection mm -hmm. but is that the real uh, function is that the only function well mostly um, so you know we can talk about you know the big labias at the scrotum mm -hmm. for the men more mm -hmm. or less okay, small labias yeah. so they, they're all like extension so definitely small labias are just another layer of protection more mm -hmm. or less and it's also pleasurable and it's also uh, getting to the, the moisturizing and the lubrification during the right. intercourse because yeah. it's a different kind of a skin uh, but for the rest it's mostly just yeah I would say and the skin is different from the outer labia to the inner labia, yeah. right? So the outer labia is keratinized, so really like so that's why I see more like eczema, dermatitis. But when I see more different kind of disease, when it gets to small labias, it's kind of different disease that affect different kind of mucosa. Mm -hmm. And is it like mm -hmm. other parts of the body where as we age, it um, gets less elastic and mm -hmm. less soft? Yeah, we definitely have a lot of. As women who want to have a labiaplasty just because if they have bigger inner lips, they sometimes want to have more plumpier outer lip, lips, uh, outer, outer yeah. lips more or less. Um, so it's true that we see more um, um, like skin, um, I would say loosening. loosening. That's okay. what I would looking for because the big labias have a tendency of having more skin loosening. Yeah. And then they want to have like radio frequency or have some kind of technologies help, helping them. Uh, so that's something that we also offer with the diva tie, so we yeah. can talk later. But yeah. definitely, later. it's something. But it's 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 really something that I'm trying to normalize. Mm -hmm. Also, to say I, that, I you know, know, right? I know. You know, even yeah. if we do Botox, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe normalize that <laughs> down there at least. You know, <laughs> so right. you can accept yourself. And um, one of the things was uh, a younger. Um, b vulva, basically like a child's vulva, is really very plump, and then it just continues to get yeah, a little bit like less our plump. Skin, like as yes, normal as our yeah, skin. Um, but do you see more a loose skin on someone, uh, an elder person who does not take hormone replacement therapy? Oh yeah, definitely. So that's one of the changes that can happen if you take hormone replacement yeah, therapy. Yeah, because I see on the skin on my patient when I do Botox fillers, I definitely see a difference when someone come come to me at 60 years old and never took hormones versus they took hormone for like 10 years. There's a difference in the texture and everything. So I don't necessarily examine, examine their vaginas, yeah. but as I see a lot of patients right. with and without, I definitely see a difference, yeah. 
So that hormone replacement therapy can do some, um, well, anti-aging type. Yeah, hydration. Yeah. Right. But ever since you've started your hormone replacement therapy, therapy and <laughs> estrogen and all that stuff, um, your vaginal vulva area is definitely more pink mm -hmm. and a lot of your lubrication has come back. Oh, that for sure. Yeah. I can tell if I miss a uh, treatment, like one night I forget, mm. go to bed and just don't even think about it. The next day I feel much drier. Then I take it the next day. I say, oh, we're back again. You know, so That's I can good. tell the difference. <laughs> even if I miss just one night. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the famous clitoris, which I can't even believe in my lifetime. I think I was 50 when I discovered that the clitoris was more than the clitoral head. And I can't believe that my whole life, I didn't know mm. that the clitoris is buried underneath that. So mm -hmm. let's talk about this and why we only brought this into the in the surface <laughs> within the last 10 years. We never talked about the clitoris before it's that. Because the, it's the only organ that's only there only for pleasure. That's the only purpose of this organ is just to have women some pleasure. And that's really interesting. There's like 8,000 nerves in the clitoris, which is way way more than the penis, which is way bigger. Uh, to compare, like there's, I think, 6,000 nerves in the penis and like a finger would get like 3,000. Okay. So like wow. it's like yeah, way, yeah. way more. Way more. And it's big, it's 10 to 12 centimeters. Mm -hmm. So it's really come, so that's just the tip of the iceberg. Right. So it runs down the small and big labias to go like uh, finish at the end at the entry of the vagina so, it's so in the huge. vagina and, and does it actually wrap around the vagina or just goes next to it kind of so there's some studies showing that probably that the g-spot is the end of the prolongation oh. of of the, oh, the interesting. so definitely i would see like more like a oval shape uh -huh. that's the way i see it yeah. but it's true that and like more you look into literature and medical books more you you you, you there's a huge lack of of information oh. like it's something that we don't teach much and there's a lot of advocate in, in instagram and everything that just like let's talk about clitoris let's know how it's working like yeah. uh, what is it and like can we like dissect it and can yeah. we see what's happening because we don't have that much information we learn a lot of in anatomy books about the penis and the cavernous and everything yeah. that's composed by it and with clitoris we don't learn huh. nothing so really and have the tissue of the clitoris is similar to the penis right it's, it's a spongy similar. tissue that enlarges it's erectile tissue yeah, right exactly uh -huh. and i've i heard or read that you know, women have almost as much or even as much erectile tissue in our clitoris as a man has in his penis yeah, yeah definitely. so it's like comparable these yeah, two yeah. organs but we have more nerves oh more nerves i got you okay <laughs> and are they mostly focused on the clitoral head or they're throughout the clitoris I would say throughout, but okay. I don't have the exact information. Okay. Gotcha. So Carol has um, a message to send out to all those people who love going down on a woman, and it has to do with the button, right? Oh yeah, the button. You don't press it like a doorbell and an, or, an or an elevator button, because the more you press it, doesn't make the elevator come faster, <laughs> and it doesn't make her come faster. Just stop pressing that button. <laughs> Work your way down. Get the whole thing engorged. That's really what the most Absolutely. important part get is. Get the blood down there. It's just yeah. like a penis. You, you you have to get the blood, everything flowing for the sensation and the erection, and then the ejaculation or the um, orgasm to come. You know, mm -hmm. later, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're going to do a whole show on orgasms next time. So um, everybody, oh. stay, stay tuned. tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so because uh, this is the only organ that's dedicated to uh, pleasure, and only women have it, men don't have such a thing. Um, I was curious as to whether all mammals have a clitoris, and do they use them 
for pleasure? Well, we know all mammals have a clitoris, but they're not sure exactly what is it, if they can really orgasm. I know they've done, I've seen some experiments like where they really can see some nerve response and like, but they don't know about the orgasm. Mm -hmm. So I think we all know that all mammals have an avid clitoris, but we don't certainly know exactly so what the, does it fun lead the to? function is not exactly. really understood, right? So maybe definitely for the function is definitely for reproduction yeah. at some point, so that mammals want to do it again. Yes, yes. But we don't know if it climax the same way. Don't know okay. if the pleasure is the same. And it, would it be perhaps more around the vagina of the uh, mammal? Because otherwise, you can't stimulate it manually. It's not like a cow can, can get his hoof up there and make it feel good, right? Yeah, so it has to be during intercourse. But intercourse is so quick with mammals and other animals mm -hmm. and other species. A good question. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Well, I'm so happy that we did evolve this way. <laughs> and I guess Absolutely. that's one of the ways that humans evolved is by using that clitoris and making it work for and, us. And again, does it change as we age? The clitoris? Yeah. Um, so it's fun because I just had an interview when it, someone told me, you know, when we, when we use a lot of uh, toys and everything, can we get used to it? We don't feel as much. You know, I'm like, you know, when you use your hand, like for 50 years, you still feel what you're, what you're right. grabbing. So, no, you don't lose sensitivity. So, if we talk about sensitivity, we're not supposed to lose it as we use it or as we age. So, that's for sure. It's probably going to age and the, the clitoral hood is probably going to, like, have a different kind of sagginess. It's yeah, possible, but... Yeah. A question of like function it's not supposed to really and why do impact. some women have i guess it's like a penis a smaller clitoris versus some women we mean met. the head the head and the, the head neck, yeah. is, is much more bigger and erect like we have a friend who has like a mini penis as a clit mm -hmm. so probably she has possibly has a she has a high t testosterone oh she was a bodybuilder okay well so you have your answer mm -hmm. okay. so definitely cause a clitoromegaly when you take uh, testosterone and not progesterone but if you take it externally or if you produce it more internally so yeah and it's amazing how big it really got it um yeah yeah, I yeah. Mean, small penis yeah a small penis it looks like a almost baby poked penis. me in the eye <laughs> But it's interesting that that does happen. And I'm sure it's, it's as sensitive like a penis would be too. Mm -hmm. Now, would that mean that the internal part of the clitoris is also enlarged? It's a good question. Um, I would say yes, because yeah. why only the external right, part? Right, right. Yeah. So it should be also... Huh, maybe that's why she has such hard orgasms. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. Good for her. And, and loud. Oh, good. Yeah, a lot of fun, that's for sure. All right, let's move on then. I think we're getting a lot of good information here. Let's talk about the vagina now. Explain how the construction... Or, uh, I, I just want to oh, stop for a second. Sure. <laughs> and let's just remind everyone that the vagina isn't the whole area. Right, okay, right? sure. Let's make that clear. Right. The, the vagina... Is what's inside. Is what's inside. Right. The vulva... Is what's outside. Is what's outside. Okay. And um, I, we... we you know, the, the slang for the vagina or the mm -hmm. area is the pussy, right? Mm -hmm. Which incorporates everything, but the vagina is really the inside. Exactly. Yes, that was a good point. Definitely. So start by explaining how it's made, what the tissues are, um, and I guess its function as well. Okay, so when you get after the small labias, you have the imen, imen. Yes. 
So and then you have the intraitus of the vagina, and then it's like a mucosa that goes inside until you get to the cervix. So it's definitely as simple as that. Um, it's usually this part that is more affected when you have menopause, mm -hmm. when you have mm -hmm. atrophy, and then because there's a lot of influence, influences of hormones with the lubrification and the density of the fibers and the the, uh, the thickness of the epithelium, that kind of. Now, when the vagina doesn't have a penis in it, does it? collapse on itself is it just a it's kind of like a collapsing hose or does it stay actually with a an area or a space usually it's, it's collapsing okay. usually it's collapsing i would say with some women who have pro problem with laxity um most of the time you know i don't we don't see inside but i usually see when i see uh, someone who has a lot of kids or problem with vaginal laxity i see the entry a really wider than oh, i would okay. see in general but I wouldn't. I couldn't say at this point that the old entry is like wild and uh, like more like Wider. distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So but we see it after like a woman give birth that she sometimes she goes to yoga, she have exercise. She's like, oh my god, I have impression like some hair is getting in my vagina. Oh that's, really? Yeah. There's oh, a lot of women talking about that. Oh, okay. So it, it's just more loose and you have less power on uh -huh. about. Like, uh, but it's a it. muscular wall, right? There's a mucosin yeah. layer, but there's a muscular wall. Like it's all. Yeah. It's all. And also there's all pelvic floor that really helps. So when someone has a problem with laxity, they can compensate with pelvic floor oh, also, okay. but there's this definitely a little bit of... So, so, so we know that a baby's head, a whole baby's <laughs> body comes out. Right. Okay, that happens two, three times in a lifetime. Yeah. I want to know, and my wife next to me here is, is a great example. We have normal sex, and then we have sex with some toys. And then Carol sometimes drinks a little bit. We call it champagne sex. And she could put these toys that are larger than normal into her vagina. How does that happen where on a regular basis, you know, my penis is full. It's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic it's plenty. for her. And then you put a toy in and it's like, oh, that's a little bit too much. But when she's had a little bit of alcohol and she's a lot aroused, she can put almost anything well, i don't want to say we anything. have a giant dildo that's like 14 inches uh long, long. Yeah. and um is it about five inches wide mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah i have fun with that yeah. so sometimes like it just opens so wide mm -hmm. and like what makes that happen? What makes uh, the muscles change and allow well, that? Well, you just said about it, like a baby can pass, mm -hmm. so definitely, and usually at the entry, so yes, maybe if you, so you had kids, vaginal yes, birth, had, yes. <laughs> not C-section, <laughs> so definitely that helps because I have some patients when they want to have baby, they want to do like, like um, exercise to really help with the oh, entry, yes. oh, yeah. but the inside is definitely like, there's more like capacity of opening yeah. and it's the old pelvic floor, so when you so more relax. So it's the entry, it's actually getting it in it's a little bit more yeah. the entry yes. because they usually when women give birth they fissure at the entry not necessarily right. all vagina right, so it's right. really kind of more spacious yeah. and like there's more uh, place and, the, and really the, the so is the floor. entry a different different type of muscle or different I would say just more? the entry because the entry of the vagina the, the, the type of epithelium is different okay it's not like the it's whole not as stretchy exactly okay yeah mm. but it doesn't make sense why I mean it does make sense but it doesn't make sense in my head because there's this activity called fisting, right? Fisting, yes. And you, you get your fist and you, with lots of lube, you, you get it inside the vagina. Huh. And we try, and I don't get it in because I got a little nub here you, yeah. on my thumb. But my whole hand here is not the size of that dildo that goes in. No, but the thing is, it's a different shape. So it actually, bone? it's not its not that it can't go in because mm -hmm. if you forced it, it would go in because it will stretch. It just will hurt. 
Hmm. It would go. It to. would go in, but it would hurt. That's mm. all. Mm-hmm. But when the dildo's just, it's just formed in a different, you know. Um, and I guess it gives shape. a little bit too, right? It's 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 silicone, so it bends if it had to. Get yeah, through. and it's just your fist is just a different shape, right. and it's got bumps, and that that would just hurt. I think. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> lubrication. We'll move on. We'll talk about that again in the orgasm show. Oh yeah, so tell us a little bit about how the lubrication of the vagina and how it's naturally uh, lubricated, and then we'll talk about loops as well. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely the natural lubrication that's just hormonal dependent, and also there's lubrication when you have ovulation, when you get more discharges, um, and there's lubrication from excitation, from pleasure and everything. So the the, the glands that are there to really help during intercourse. So, so those glands, are they all throughout the vagina or are they at the entrance or are they at the end? Like where are those glands located inside? So there's different glands. If we talk about the skin glands, mm-hmm. which are the glands that we... we probably did we discuss it or uh, the glands that makes the ejacu- the yeah. feminine ejaculation yeah. um, squirting I, I thought I think I, I just talked about it so many times <laughs> with those glands um, and there's the lubrification that's just going to be increased during intercourse that's the whole the whole area the whole area yeah. okay okay so now it comes naturally so why is it that we have to use lube Lubrications. Well, not everybody needs to, u- okay. to use lube, but we always suggest it. Um, I think just because me, I always see patients like even going through like skin disease or yeast infection, or any any problems. I always just like just put it because yeah. you never know if you're ready, and you can be like you think you're ready, but finally you're not, and finally like it's burning at the end, so you don't want to create problems. So it causes little tears. If you don't have enough lubrication during the intercourse, then yeah. that causes small tears, right? Yeah. It's just the friction between exactly. the penis so inside. So they feel like the burning sensation that can last like one hour, two hours after. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have a problem or an infection, but could be could also. Be. Yeah. Um, yeah, but sometimes yeah. it's just like just take a lube i know we use lube all the time I we, know. we but always there's some women do. who like i have too much too many too much lubrification oh, like there right. i have other women that are like oh my god it's too much and i don't feel much and oh, yeah. i f- give like give me an impression that i don't feel much my 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 husband my partner don't don't feel much and i it's not super it's mm-hmm. not something they like there's not but enough friction but that's what happens yeah. when, when you squirt it gets uh, so so, so wet, wet yes. down there yeah and um but soon enough because um it just kind of you continue having sex and then it kind of flushes right, away right because as well. it's not a lubricant it's right. just wetness yeah it's a lot of wetness yeah, yeah we'll exactly. get into squirting in that orgasm show yeah. also now also yeah we will absolutely we're going to be talking about orgasms separately not on today's show but then this lubrication is also a natural cleansing right we don't have to douche exactly. our vagina right exactly it's an auto clean um <laughs> machine oven, oven. <laughs> oh, <there> you <laughs> so you don't have to wash you don't have to especially don't like use like those sh- soap wash or anything like that like just don't do that because it it's really like changing the natural flora so that what can bring problem in the future mm-hmm. so yeah self-cleaning oven it's my way to go yeah so don't, yeah don't touch that. and is it better to use a water-based or silicone silicone-based loop that's a great question so i know like a lot of doctors know why i think it's just like in the natural way of saying like silicone is, a, is associated with like breast implants and like unnatural things but i have to say in my practice that um, water bays are usually like more absorb or more like hydrophilic, like more absorbing the skin. So when you have like irritation, if you have like tears and problems with the vulva in general, it can really go in and create more more problem, more discomfort, and it lasts a little less longer. Yeah. So I would say in my practice, I really just use silicone based. Mm-hmm. We, we actually we've been using yeah. it forever. Yeah. And what we found out, we just did a show um, a few weeks ago about prostate massage. And we found out that lubes for the anus 
have a different composition and they use different chemicals. Well, different pH as well. That's what they talk pH. about. Different yeah. pH, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was an expert on, on uh, prostate, prostate massage. Massage, exactly. Mm. So now let's explain then what happens as we age and how the vagina itself changes. Yeah, so definitely. So the, the, I would say the biggest change in a woman's life, <laughs> it's pre-menopause and menopause, I think. So definitely at this point, there's a lot of changes in the hormones and the hormones really influence the lubrification. So then it's definitely uh, getting the worst impacts, I would say. So around 30, 35, depending on when your pre-menopause starts. But when the menopause hits, then you have no more hormones and that's when the deterioration kind of starts. So does it, is it deteriorate because of the lack of hydration? Yeah, mostly? lack of hormones. Lack, like, lack of yeah, hormones. Definitely. So it gets drier, but also more lax, right? You were explaining the yeah, laxity. I would say that's a com- because it's weird because you get... Sometimes women are like, no, no, I'm too tight, but they're not too tight. They're so dry, they're, they're contracting, oh. and they're like, and when we get to vaginismus, uh, just like, ooh, they have the impression it's too tight, but no, like, you're probably maybe loose because, yeah, your tissue getting looser, you get new aging and everything, but, and you're so dry that, so you don't feel, not, you don't have much pleasure. Right, in right, so. right, right. But when you use lube and this happens, let's just say no one takes uh, hormone replacement therapy, is lube going to satisfy that problem? Well, some try to compensate, but yeah. I see that it's usually not enough. Not enough, right? Yeah. Because you, it's not just during sex, it's during the whole time it needs to yeah. have some lubrication, Some patients, they right? have like just pain, like chronic pain, discomfort. Like when they walk, they just feel like, like uh, puppy slop, sable, I don't know the yeah, word, yeah. but Sand it's paper. really Sand paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paper. Yeah. That's horrible. So yeah, yeah, that's really discomfort. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, you can't even get in the mood to have sex mm-hmm. because you know it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's all a circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the libido at menopause sometimes can be bad, so yeah. it's not helping. No, none of that's helping. Uh, that's why hormone replacement therapy is a very good treatment. <laughs> exactly. Definitely yeah. helping Carol. Now, the atrophy that happens in the walls of the vagina, does that... Um, does that affect how your sex life is going to be as well? Like the thinning of the tissue and the atrophy of the actual vagina? Yeah, but well, for sure, just because of the thinning and the tearing and the pain, mm-hmm. um, just for that, I would say uh, after that, it's mostly, yeah, it's the, and the lack of lubrification. Right, right, exactly. Mm. Now, you did mention before the cervix, which is the opening of the end of the vagina opening to the, into the uterus, um, we're... Talk a little bit about what is the function of that cervix. So cervix, so cervix definitely it's um, it's there to help us give birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's the entry. So it's the the wall between the uterus and the vagina. Right. Definitely. So kind of a small part. Um, it can give us problem when it's contracted when there's HPV related disease that yeah. can get there because there's a specific zone where the virus really goes and really can change the cells, uh, but. For the rest, you know, it it doesn't like serve us as sexual right. beings no. necessarily. Yeah. So uh, there's no there's no pleasure from the cervix itself. No. no. Well, it's it's not much sensitive. Okay. <clears throat> Except if you have like just during intercourse, like pain and contraction of the uterus. Right. You're not supposed to really feel like when by by example when we uh, put the IUD in women's yeah. uter- uterus, sometimes we kind of pinch the, the the cervix and they're not supposed to feel much oh, but okay. some feel more than others oh, like any okay. anything sometimes it can be more painful so sometimes the penis when that goes directly on the cervix can cause pain to the fir- the cervix but 
most of the time it's not that sensitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you mentioned <laughs> HPV and how it can affect yeah. the cervix. It causes cancer, I think, right? Or mm -hmm. changes in the cells, which could then become cancerous. Exactly. And so that's why it's important to have a test for HPV test regularly. Every two to three years. And have the uh, injection of the vaccine if Guard you can. Yeah. Now, what is a pap smear and why is that important? So pap smear is just uh, taking um, so a sample okay. of, the, of the cells of the cervix. So we kind of scrape a little bit the cervix and we check the cells and we see if there's abnormal changes and there's typical changes that pathologists can say, okay, it's HPV related. Sometimes we're like, oh, is it HPV related, is it not? And we can do a HPV testing by uh, checking release the type 16, 18, which are more at risk of causing cancer. So definitely that's that's what it is. And we need to do it every two to three years to make sure there's no, because sometimes you, when you scribe uh, some, some cells, you cannot necessarily see the, yeah. the cancer. And it can be a little bit later that you see it. So it's a slowly evolutive process. That's why we, we say that if we do it every two to three years, yeah. At some point, we're going to catch something. Right. That's something that progresses. And you do that basically because cervical cancer can be treated. Yeah. And so you may as well take exactly. care of that right away. It's one of the things that you can actually stop from yeah. harming your whole body. And so if it's um, uh, if you do find something wrong with the cells or that yeah. there are small changes, what can you do even though they're not cancerous? Yeah, so depending on the type, like mm -hmm. is it like a really pre-cancer like, or just abnormal cells, not sure, we can just do a control for some women like in a year just to do another one. We can always check is there HPV high risk or we can, if there's really like, oh, that looks like something more uh, that could develop to something and depending on the age of the patient also, we can refer directly to a gynecologist to do a colposcopy to really go grab like a whole bunch <laughs> where yeah. they suspect to to have uh, the lesions and they can analyze it okay and yeah. it can be repaired or taken away or yeah. removed basically exactly. and stay healthy in that way yeah. okay well that's cool we've covered a whole <laughs> well that's cool we've covered a whole bunch of information here so let's just hang on for a second while we remind everybody that this is a sexy lifestyle we are carol and david and we're we're talking with Dr. Gabrielle Landry from Elna's Sexual Wellness Center, all about the vulva and the vagina and healthy aging. So just stay with us until after the break when we get into sexual pleasure as we age. Let's talk about the nice topless travel trips that we have planned coming up this year. We absolutely can. You know that if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply... <coughs> then you simply must book with Topless Travel from Hito 2 in Jamaica and Desire where we are in Cancun to all the Bliss Cruise experiences. Topless Travel absolutely needs to be your number one choice. And of course, their trips and events are all about the people and the sexy fun experiences. So let's just shout out to their sexy host couples, including Party Mark and Chelsea, who are here with us this week. And they're there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Absolutely, and as we are here at Desire, you'll find us on many of the topless travel trips, but listen up. We're going back to Hedonism 2 in Jamaica in February for another Sexy Silver event from February 25th to March 4th. As always, the rooms are selling out fast, so if you don't want to miss the biggest lifestyle party on the Grill Beach, then go and book your room right now. And let's not forget to mention that Topless Travel is always expanding their options for you to book the most erotic adventures. New for 2023 is Temptation Grand in Misha's Dominican Republic. From October 15th, to 22. It's a brand new lifestyle friendly resort where you can explore your fantasies and meet lots of amazing couples. And of course, for more information about this trip or any other of the Topless Travel events, you simply have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and click the Topless Travel Events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Ever, ever, ever. 
All right, we're back. You know who we are, Carol and David. This is a sexy lifestyle, and now let's get back to our show, talking to Dr. Gabrielle Landry, all about the female pleasure center and how we can reverse some of those symptoms of aging. So yeah, we talked a lot about how things change uh, as we age. So let's just review some of the medical services that maybe you offer at your clinic that help reverse some of those things that we just talked about. Definitely. So when I see my patient, I really want to evaluate like all the condition, make sure they don't have any skin disease of the, of the vulva, don't have any problem in their vagina. But definitely when we go step by step, try to help them with traditional medicine, there's other technologies that actually are available and really help women. And uh, I've done it like since like four or five years with sexual wellness and really see great improvements. So I would say the first one I would talk about because that's my favorite is the laser called Diva which is a laser that's hybrid, we call it. So it's kind of fractional and non-fractional and really helps with stim uh, stimulation of the collagen, increasing the density of the fibers. So that's really a laser that goes like a dildo in the vagina. It turns progressively and it can kind of go from the cervix to the, the, to the entry of the vagina. And it's super easy uh, process. It's like- Do you feel heat or do you feel anything on the inside? So they would feel like a pressure, but we always, uh, for the comfort, always make them come earlier. We put some xylocaine inside the vagina. And uh, I would say, patient would say like three on 10 pain oh, okay. during, right. but very, very light. Uh, Sometimes a little bit more when you get to the, the G-spot because of the more um, nerves in this yeah. area, definitely. But it's super comfortable and it's easy. And, you know, there's not much, unless you want to talk about estrogen cream and anything, there's no much like treatments, especially if we talk about incontinence, because by increasing the density of the fibers and the vaginal wall is stronger, there's, there's more support for the bladder. Mm -hmm. So also less incontinence. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. no much... There's not many things we can do for incontinence, especially like Kegel exercise and there's surgeries, but... And, know, and is there a recovery time or can you like go have sex the same night? Two days, two days, oh, okay. no, nothing in the vagina and after the good go. So when you're saying it's like a dildo, does it slowly go in? Do you move it in to the top and back again or no, does it I don't stay have, there? Yeah, I st in? stay there and the laser retracts. Oh, I see. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Okay. Very so fast, the device like, goes in and how long does it take to do this treatment? Like three minutes. And how many then treatments do you need before you feel some results? Usually we do a protocol of three treatments. Most of the Over studies the are done. Time? Uh, I would say one treatment every four to four to six weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So over the course of three treatments, we should feel something at the end of this. Yeah, we, some, a lot of patients have improvement from a, a treatment to another. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's, very, it's very appreciated. That's something I definitely want to try. I think we should yeah. talk about scheduling that. Way to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this Diva machine has been around for how long? Well, it's been approved by Health Canada since four years, I think. No, 2016, I think a little bit more than that. But definitely it's been used since more than that. There's been Mona Lisa before. There's mm -hmm. different kind of CO2 laser. And now we have an Erbium laser. So that it's been around for a long time. Uh, it, it started off, I think, mostly for... Um, using in uh, breast cancer survivors just okay. because they couldn't use hormones. So at this point, they didn't have more options, oh, right. really yes. a lot of options. So it's been studied and it, it worked uh, worked super great. Like patients, they were happy about now it. So we just want to expand it. After the three treatments, do you have to get like a, a maintenance program once a year or something like that? I would that? say depending on every patient. Like if you come to see me and you're like seven years old and the atrophy is super severe, I would say, okay, let's do three and let's see like six or 12 months after. But I would say the standard is like 
do only one every year after. Okay. But when you either take hormones, do have vaginal estrogen that you want to use once in a while, or have a lot of intercourse, it's kind of keeping the oh, results. Okay, got so it. All right, well, it. we're going to book this, and we're going to talk about it yeah. as our shows go forward. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, I was going to say, when the laser goes in and, and does that, we feel, like you said, a very small pain, but but it's fine. Does it stay painful afterwards for the next few days? Not at all. Only when it's in there, those three minutes, yeah. for example. Maybe when when the, the vaginal walls kind of, uh, the xalocaine kind of wears off a little yeah. bit, you can have a little bit of uh, discomfort, but it's not pain. It's just like just weird. The, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I got it. And so, okay, well, that's cool. Okay, one treatment. Next oh, we treatment. Did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. What else can Second we do? Second one. So I would talk maybe the second one about the O shot, okay. which would be PRP on the on the clitoris and the G spot. So talk about what is PRP. PRP, place plus platelet rich plasma. So we just take a blood um, sample, we centrifugate, we keep the growth factor and the platelets, and we reinject it. So it's your own blood that we reinject you locally to kind of stimulate regeneration and the increasing vascularization. So and you put it into the clit. Into the clit and into the G spot. Yeah. Interesting. And, and into the head of the clit yeah. or into the body of the clit? I would say the base of the, uh, no, I would say the head, yeah. but the base of the head. Okay, like yeah. on the neck, uh, the, uh, that area before it opens wide. Yeah, it's not the whole clitoris. Okay. It's really, it's true that can be like, it would be nice to like inject it everywhere, but. <laughs> so on the next show, we're going to talk to Dr. Steinberg again. He's going to tell us about the P shot. So yeah. if you do the O shot, I'll do the P shot. <laughs> okay, yeah, it be fun. But I have questions now. Yeah. How does that work? What is the, what do the platelets do to these sensitive areas? So it's platelets and growth factor. So we know that it's kind of acting to regenerate your own body um, so it's just bringing concentrate of like good things that your blood contains like a supplement, to kind of kind of, like a supplement would be for the body more, more or less but yeah. it's definitely like really the active um, components of oh, our blood okay. that's okay. really gonna help them and regenerate help collagen regeneration tissue um, but do they, does that only affect the clitoris and the g-spot or does that affect the whole vulva air and definitely around because we inject like we have a great quantity when we kind of do the, the blood test we inject the more we can but yeah. there's there's a certain amount we inject at certain places depending okay. on the training and how it was is it's made um, but definitely but it can take few treatments because it's been it's been used a lot PRP for like joint problem like oh, knees yeah. uh, in orthopedic surgeon they use a lot um, also for alopecia to regenerate mm -hmm. uh, hair loss so we know there's a lot of studies we have less evidence-based studies with like really the O shot as it is. Is the growth factor in the platelet itself? Yeah, it's all in the plasma that oh, we have. Oh, it's in the plasma. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So it really helps, but it can take it take time. It's yeah. not something like, you know, oh, the day after I did my O shot, I just So how many treatments do you uh, like suggest for? That's really up to, because it's up to everyone. I would say some patient, they try once. I'm like, okay, wait a little bit, see how you feel. Some patient, they don't see much, but the thing is, it's a, it's complex orgasm. So yeah, I always put I the know, expectation, right? like, if you don't have orgasm because, like, your relationship's not going well, you you know, don't expect the OSHA to be, like, overwhelming. Yeah. So that's, that's why the we're thing. doing a we whole show on orgasm. Because <laughs> it's complicated. it's complicated. Yes. And, but we have success stories of, like, a woman who, like, never had, like, an orgasm, like, never in her life, and now she orgasm on a Tuesday. And we have that with OSHA. And she mm -hmm. comes every three months to do it. So okay. that happens. But um, you we have other... You don't orgasm yeah. on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> Today's Thursday. <laughs> every day of the week. No problem by me. Yeah. I still had some more questions. So when you put it into the tissue of the clitoris and the, the, the G-spot, um, 
you pick those two areas because that's where the most sensitivity is. So you want the growth in those areas of, of the, the actual nerves. Mm-hmm. You want the nerves exactly. to grow more. Does it and hurt? And get more nourishing. It's well tolerated. Like really like the G spot. Um, I would say they feel almost nothing. The thing is that we always do this procedure at the third diva, so they're already kind of frozen inside. Okay. The clitoris, we kind of freeze the border so they don't feel much. It's really like, I would say even like less painful than the, than the laser. Wow. And Very afterwards, cool. is it swollen or is there downtime afterwards? Not at all. Not at all. No. And like how much blood do you take? Is it uh, two vials or three vials? No, it's very like, it's really not a lot. Yeah, oh, one okay. vial. Oh, one vial even. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so wow, that's easy. On we go. Easy. Next treatment. All right. Um, I saw something about Amcella. Um, yeah. Maybe the the chair. So there's another one for incontinence. So mostly um, there's incontinence. We know is the, the lack of support of the vaginal wall. So that's why we do the diva first. Sometimes I really I really love diva just because it's so complementary in okay. everything. And after I st- I started with that, I go to Amcella if there's still a bit of incontinence. Amcella is mostly just for incontinence. It's a chair that you sit on that uh, gives kind of electromagnetic field. Okay. So it it gives a contraction to your pelvic floor without you having to do the effort. Oh my goodness. And how so long do you have It's like 12,000 setups oh. in your pelvic floor. Oh my goodness. So it's just like really, and they do that, you know, probably you heard like uh, M-Skull, so there's different kinds of technology that really can help building like your ass, your like, different part of the bodies. Yeah. But here we just have like the specific for pelvic floor. And it's only the pelvic floor that's being affected? And yeah. the strengthening of the pelvic floor is happening automatically. You don't have to do anything. You it's, just sit. It's multiple session. It's like uh, the base is like six session okay. twice a week. So for three weeks. Um, and yeah, so th- it's always depending on uh, what percentage of the incontinence really do to the vagina versus the pelvic floor. But mm-hmm. I really can evaluate them mm-hmm. and let them know, okay, you're really a good candidate for MCL at first. Or, but it's mm-hmm. definitely helping. But what I understand is you start with the diva treatment first. Most of the time. Like we say 90% of the time. Now, there's this cool. other thing that I read about, which was Cleovana. Is that's only for the clitoris? Is that something different altogether, or is it also PRP? So that's actually shockwave therapy. Oh. So we do that also for the penis. So it's actually the same kind of thinking of like traumatizing, creating, creating small traumas, like a tap, 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 it's, a, it's tapping, and it's kind of creating micro traumas, I would say. So it's not painful, but it's aiming and regenerating the, the body by itself. So when you regenerate, you create more tissue, more vessels, and there are more nerves. And that's a general area, or just yeah, in no, the it's every, There it's really everywhere. everywhere. So that, what, that's what vulva. I like with the Cleobana is that it's not just thinking of the O-shot, like it's just that yeah. there is. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when you do PRP, there's so many injections, it could be a lot of pain. So that's yeah. why Cleobana is just the whole area exterior. Cool. And the shock waves are caused, uh, what, you just, do you sit on it? Do you place it? How does it's it kind work? of a machine that they they, uh, the, the, there's a technician and putting in different areas of the vulva. Okay, and how long does that treatment take? A few minutes. Oh, okay. And then how often till you see something? Well, it's like, I would say it's like PRP a little bit because it's regenerating. Okay. So I always say three time. to six months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some patients they see it earlier, but mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Wow. All sorts of treatments we can do. And, and you'll, you see the reversal of some of those aging, um, you know, so for healthy aging, some of those aging symptoms but there's really no stopping the aging, right? Even if you're doing mm-hmm. these treatments, they're gonna, you're going to continue to age, Yeah, obviously. but if you take hormone therapy, that's the best shot at mm-hmm. life. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, hormone therapy. Number two, <laughs> diva. Sure. Exactly. Sure. So over the years, we've had many guests on our show with different devices that are supposed to help with the pelvic floor. So let's start with why does it get weak 
and do all these little devices, these balls you put inside and you're supposed to squeeze and Kegel, do they work? Or is it really a medical procedure like you're talking about that's needed? Hmm. Yeah, but well, there's different, though there's patients who don't exercise much. And even if you exercise a lot, even if you're a bodybuilder, well, bodybuilder, they really do exercise a lot. But some patients, they exercise a lot, but they don't really exercise the pelvic floor. And before you really like get to understand how to contract it with a physiotherapist or like Pilates or read something super deep in the core, sometimes, you know, you, you don't use it. So you can either have a strong core when you're young and then, well, like everything else, you just don't use it as much and you don't, just don't exercise it as much. And then as you get old, you just lose your strength. So depending on, so there's, I know there's different kind of approach and I know physiotherapists, they have a great way. And for me, it's important to understand that physiotherapists, it's not necessarily something that's replaced by MCLA because MCLA is going to give you more strength. But if you don't know like how to contract mm -hmm. sometime, like it can be really like hard, but I've seen that patient like that couldn't uh, even activate the muscle and they went, then they did the MCLA and then the muscle got stronger and then they were able to activate. Oh. So it's. Mm. Because we tried, we tried the Kegel balls, yeah. right? You put them in, and they fell out. Well, <laughs> fell out because I didn't do the the right weight for for my strength mm. of pelvic floor. You don't know until you try, mm -hmm. right? So you have to be able to. Hold and then you it. gave up. But it's really about concentrating on the pelvic floor, and like you said, it's a deep uh, tissue inside. Yeah, it's hard, hard. It's hard to isolate it. You have a pelvic floor too, you know. Where? <laughs> See, you have to be able to isolate it and, and contract when it. When we worked out this morning, I squeezed my butt. Yeah, that's not your pelvic floor. Exactly. My butt. Most of the that's patients, the they squeeze their butt when they try to contract the pelvic yeah. floor. See, I'm not, a normal person. Yeah, exactly. So what is the, the benefit of having a strong pelvic floor besides incontinence? What, what makes it important to keep that strong? Well, it's good for baby delivery also, yes, like okay. before and after, like to know how to get, it's, it's good how to get strong, but if you're too strong, then you can get like sometimes vagin, uh, vaginismus. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's good to be able to be strong, but be able to relax it at the right moment. So even if you give birth, then it's good to relax yeah. it because if you too, like really like uh, contracting against the baby that was come out, it's yeah. not going to work. So definitely it's something that needs to be controlled, but at some point it's just to do right exercise to appropriately to your age or like your purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it needs cool. to be. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a great segue into what we want to talk about next before we get to the end of the show, which is painful sex. And mm. there's all different reasons why women have painful sex. Mm -hmm. um, let's start, you just mentioned vaginismus. What is that and why do women have yeah. it? I would say it's hypertonicity. So big tonus of the pelvic floor and can be related to many things. I would say the standard patient would be someone who has had a abuse or trauma, sexual trauma in the past. So they, they kind of scared of having to live the same trauma again. So like their vagina is kind of closed and where it's contracting the muscles of the vagina. Yeah, That's why it's closed. Exactly. Not it's and they don't even like most of my patient that comes and they're like, sometimes they're really young when they have vaginismus, they don't even know they, they contract like, yeah. they're like, but I try to put the speculum. It's impossible. And sometimes it's, it's very hard to understand. And sometimes it can be a, a lot of problems like skin problems. Like if you had many intercourse that were painful, your your vagina is gonna learn that pain, like yeah. like it's sex is pain. Protect, it's gonna exactly exactly. The the body reacts accordingly to what it considers it to be. So, I'm always saying like it's like a headache in the pelvis. Like it's just, and if you have like 
you know, pain in the neck. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it can give you pain. So even if you contract a lot, at some point it can cause vulvodynia. So even like the muscles can tear on your on your nerves so bad that it can leave a chronic pain on the vulva. Mm. So it's, it's very like mm -hmm. super... And so how can you help with vaginismus? So the f I would say the first go-to is physiotherapist. Okay. So they're specialists in relaxation. So mostly like pelvic floor physiotherapists. Oh. So it's different from like gaining strength. It's really a learn how to relax. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they can go with massage, like um, like dilators. And there's is different approaches. Is this something approach. a person can do on their own or they really have to seek help? I would say depending on the degree of vaginismus, okay. but definitely if it's severe, you need to see it at least once. So they ha you have a great evaluation. And then sometimes you can have a plan of treatment that you can do at home. But as you know, as we all yeah, want to do our kegels at home, yeah, we don't do it. Don't so, do it, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, wow, they really need help. Yeah. So, what other things cause painful sex? Well, if we go, like, from outside to inside, sure. so probably more outside would be, like, skin disease, like, like, in sclerosis, one of the most common that I see because it's underdiagnosed. It's mostly before puberty or after menopause, so we know there's a link with hormones. So it's kind of thickening of the entry of the small labias, of um, kind of fusion of the small labias to the big labias, and can be, like, thick skin, and it breaks easily. So I would see that that would be one of the main that I see because it's... And what causes okay. that? It's autoimmune disease, oh, right. so it's definitely something. Is and there anything that you can help it with? We do cortisone creams, oh, okay. that other, other, other treatment that's been on trial, like PRP lasers that we do here, uh, if people is, someone is not responded to cortisone or anything like that, but the main treatment is cortisone cream. Um, any vagina, uh, vaginitis, so mm -hmm. a lot of patients come to me, they have chronic yeast, chronic vaginosis, and then, you know, they, they anticipate and it's all yeah. a circle, so yeah. I would say infection, dermatitis, Pathological disease, uh, atrophy, mm -hmm. dryness, mm -hmm. bad partner, trauma, yeah. psychological and, and, reason. And can a woman have bad sex or painful sex because her partner is too long or too girthy, too thick? Yeah, probably. So if you have, like, let's say, if, if your partner is normal, you have vaginismus, it's too big for you. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but as you it's know, like you, right? you can use big dildos and it works if yeah. you're well prepared. So those women are not really prepared for the long, as we discussed before, it's mostly just because of the, per the cervix, the position where the penis go. So it can cause discomfort. But when we've played sometimes with a guy who has a long penis, you just prefer to ride him because you control yeah, how and, but deep it goes. Yeah, but if he knows what he's doing, then, right. then I trust him <clears> and it's fine. But I, I never had trauma th in that way, so I've right. never had contracting, like, you mm -hmm. know, so I haven't right. had trauma, I've never had pain in sex, so I w can't imagine what that might be like. But one of the things that we preach all the time, even to young people, is use lube. Lube, because, yeah, sure. Because mm -hmm. even if you have natural lubrication, especially in the lifestyle that we play, when you play a lot, it, it's not there all the time. So just use lube and it'll prevent that painful mm -hmm. sex. And like you said, there's tears and micro tears and all that that'll prevent having... Uh, less painful sex next time. Yeah, but I think we are also talking about other things that are causing painful oh, sex for sure, besides for sure, the large. For sure. But the average, <laughs> the, the average person might think, oh, it's, it, it just hurt and I woke up this morning and my, and my vagina is sore. Yeah. And it's probably because they just didn't use enough lube Right, the night there before. could be tearing or right. something else you know, happening during the sex, that's what you're saying. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It should never be painful. It should never be. Never. Here at your sexual wellness center, do you also offer sex therapy for those that have had have trauma and that maybe the vaginismus was caused by 
trauma? Yeah, so we have two centers, one in downtown uh, Old, Old Port Montreal. We have one here in Decary Square. So in Decary Square, we have a physiotherapist downstairs, which is at Kinetex, but we don't have here in our clinic. But at Old Port, we have one sexologist that's there. Okay. Um, yeah, and psychologist and a physiotherapist also. Yeah, so yeah. we're trying to be like, trying to be, but sometimes there's, you know, someone who leaves and Matt leaves, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're fine. We're trying to get the more... Uh, Comprehensive, yeah, exactly. It's a big team, you know, no, it's, it's a yeah. huge problem. No, the, the fact that you guys have a sexual wellness center, mm -hmm. um, if I was someone who was looking for help, I would want to come and be comfortable that you could treat any of the issues that I have because I want to leave knowing that I'm going to have better sex. And it could be, you know, in the mind, in the mm -hmm. body, internally. Um, many different, many, many different reasons. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about my first experience with Viagra yeah. um, with Dr. Steinberg on next week's show. And, um, you know, I said, I didn't need it. I don't have any problems. And boy, oh boy, did we learn that. <laughs> <laughs> it can be fun. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of the show here now. What would you say would be the top two things that women can do to help them enjoy sex as they age? Hmm. So really related to age, definitely taking care of your hormonal balance and taking care of the lubrification because that's the base if we talk about aging i think the the bigger impact is definitely the way that you're gonna feel inside and the way you're gonna see yourself as a woman because it's not just about lubrification it's about libido it's about feeling sexual so definitely taking care of yourself and yeah taking care of of you like not just your vagina just like yeah. feeling good about yourself mm -hmm. feeling sexy like doing activities that makes you feel good and having a, a great partner that accompanies you in your needs and your and getting used to how your body changes and it's never going to yeah. be 20 years old ever again <laughs> yeah, anyway. you know we've had dr Lori batito on our show who wrote the sex bible for people over 50 and one of the things that she told us and it was it was so simple but it was like really important is you need to tell your partner communicate with your partner as you get old how your body is reacting to having sex because if you've been changes, together 40 right? years you can no longer have sex like you when you were in your 20s yeah. your knee hurts your hip hurts this hurts and you have to find different positions and it was really yeah. um, an accurate um, description of what happens as we age you know I can't squat as long as I used to be able to squat, and neither can you. And <laughs> and things just just change. So talk to your partner. We're back to that communication, right? Right, right absolutely. Mm. And even though we don't look twenty anymore, please tell your partner that she's beautiful or he's beautiful. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> he always does. Absolutely. Alrighty, Dr. Laundry, thank you so much for sharing all that great information. Just quickly tell everybody how they can find you and um, reach out to you. Yeah, so here at the Decary Square, so you can always reach out on my website at Elna Sexual Wellness. And I'm also an old person, so you can always reach to me, Dr. Gabrielle Landry, or reach to my team at Elna Sexual Wellness. And check out her social media, she's on there every day. <laughs> and of course, if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them there if you have any questions. Absolutely. And as we did today, we learn more and more every week with all our great guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Alrighty. The end of another great show. Once again with Dr. Gabrielle Laundry. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. And like we do every week, we thank all our guests for being there week in and week out. 
So join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I and Dr. Laundry send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe and, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.